0: Welcome to Stetson Baptist. If this is your first time with us, a special welcome to you. And as we start our worship time together today, we're going to sing a song in just a moment that says, I believe there is one salvation, one doorway that leads to life, one confession and one hope, and I believe in the name of Jesus Christ. And as I was reading through those lyrics Uh, This week, getting ready for this time of worship, it reminded me of something that Pastor Dan's been teaching us, and it looks like this. If you guys have put that up there, it says, you guys want to say, hey, I'll tell you what, before we say this, I got some inside information that there may be a quiz later in this service. So this is your last time to get brushed up. Are you ready? All right, let's say it together. Here we go. Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sin, and rose again. If you believe that this morning, say amen. 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 Come on, let's stand up as we worship together this morning.
1: Thank you, Jesus, for this morning.
0: Life is dead to free.
1: All praise to God, our Father. All praise to Christ, the Son. All praise to the Holy Spirit. Our God has overcome. The King who was and is and evermore will be. In Jesus' name. of the gospel
2: Amen. Well, good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. We're so glad that you are here and that we have the privilege of uh, being together. want to welcome you and so grateful that we have the privilege of, uh, of just having you here and, uh, and being able to worship together. A couple of things just want to let you know. First of all, if uh, we would love for you to check into this service just so we know that you are here. If this is your first time, you can text the word NEW to 386-734-1991. If you have been here before, you can text the word CHECK or there's a little blue card right there in front of you. You can take that, fill it out and put it in the offering box. As you leave, I have two quick announcements. I want to make you aware of. First of all, uh, Me Strong is coming this week, and we're going to have a great time. Uh, Me Strong is a community event, a community 5K, and it's an opportunity for us to join with our community in uh, in just celebrating what God has given to us and celebrating uh, the way that we can support one another and support others who are going through difficult times in their life. And we are going to have a cheer station for me strong so we did this last year it was a whole lot of fun it just gives an opportunity to uh, to cheer for all of those racers and people you know people who are running people who are walking people who are straggling whatever um we would love for you to be a part of that and uh, we have a location all you have to do is text the word cheer to 386-734-1991 now before we uh, move on from that i do want to have um just a quick practice this is important um, now listen. If on three, I need you to do something for me. Okay, we're we're gonna. I'm gonna see if you're qualified for the cheer station. So I'm gonna say one, two, three, and you're gonna go. Woo! You don't have to do it loud or anything like that. Just woo. You understand? Okay. I'm gonna. Do, we're gonna do it on three. Ready? One, two, three. Every one of you are qualified for the cheer station. All of you. You can all do this. Hey, it really is a lot of fun. It's a great chance to gather with others and, uh, and really be able to do something and, and get to know. You might, you might meet a new friend, uh, and we would love for you to be a part of that. That is this coming Saturday. If you sign up, we will give you all the information that you need. Second thing, and we've been talking about this for a while, Pizza with the Pastors is coming up. So this is our first step. If you are interested in joining the church or just want to know a little bit more about the church, we would love to have you come to Pizza with the Pastors. Again, you can sign up, uh, text the word PIZZA to 386-734-1991. I do know that that is Super Bowl Sunday. And I promise you, as a football fan, we will have you out in plenty of time to catch way too much pregame of the Super Bowl, okay? So we'd love to have you come and be a part of that uh, on, uh, on February the 11th. Finally, and the final announcement that I am sad to have to make Kim, will you come stand with me? Here she comes. This is Kim Beers, and I know that a number of you know Kim. Kim has been the accompanist at our church for 30 years. Now, I want you to know today, Kim has, has kind of come to a point where she says it's time for somebody else to step into that position. And so we are grateful for Kim and for, his, for her service. We want to honor her in this time of retirement uh, from this position. Y'all, I just want you to know, I've been the pastor here for 15 years, and I am so grateful. And Kim, Kim, is a, Kim is a different type of accompanist. She is extremely talented. She is musically gifted. But I will tell you, and I noticed this from the very, very beginning, she takes the position that she takes in playing for us and accompanying the choir and our services. She takes that not just as a position of music, but as a position of worship. And she has led us in worship from the keyboard for years. And so, Kim, thank you. Thank you so much for all that you have done. Church, would you just show her how much you appreciate her? Yeah. Not, not too much, not too much, not too much. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for Kim, and we have, listen, honestly, we racked our brains. What do you do for somebody who has served the church for 30 years? 30 years, oh my goodness. This is a small token of appreciation. It says, we proudly honor Kim Beers. Thank you for 30 years of dedication and faithfulness to the ministry of our Lord Jesus Christ and serving his church from Stetson Baptist Church. Kim, we love you. We appreciate it. We appreciate you so much. We are grateful for you. And oh, by the way, she's not going anywhere. She's still going to be a part of the church and still be a part of what God's doing here. She's just going to be stepping down from that position as a company. So Kim, thank you. We love you. you. All right. (laughs) now I'm going to pray for Kim but she's going to go back there because she's going to go to work so I'm going to pray for Kim and for our time together thank you Kim we love you hey let's pray together God thank you thank you thank you so much for the privilege of being able to honor people like Kim God so many people in our church have served in so many ways and God we are so grateful for her service we're grateful for her talent. We're grateful for her giftedness. And God, we're grateful that we have the privilege of being able to celebrate 30 years of ministry. And God, we're, we just know that you have a, a purpose and a plan in everything. And God, we've already seen uh, you moving everything in, into good places so that, we can, uh, so that we can continue to see you work in our community and our church. God, I thank you for this time that we have together. I pray that you will speak to us today. God, I pray that you will allow us to kind of move aside all of those things that would distract us from your purpose and your will. God, we want what you want. And so, God, I just pray right now that even as we continue to worship, God, that you would allow us to remove our, our, um, our mask and remove kind of our, the shades that we put in front of our face. And, God, that you would allow us to see ourselves the way you see us. And, God, that we would really be honest with ourselves today. And that we would recognize that that we need Jesus in our life. And God, I pray that by the time we leave here today, every single person in this room will know without a doubt that they've given their life to Jesus. God, we love you. We thank you for loving us. Continue to show us your grace as we worship together today. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Aren't you glad that we worship and sing to a God today that loves us so greatly? He loves us so generously. Heaven gave all that it could give for our salvation to show God's love for us. Let's stand as we continue to worship together as we sing this out. When the night is dark, we have more than all the hope we could ever need.
1: time after time, born of His Spirit, and
0: washed in His blood. us nor forsake us. He is a faithful God and we praise the name of Jesus today. In his name, amen. Would you please be seated?
2: again, good morning. We're so glad that you're here, and just what a wonderful time uh, to express our trust in God, our faith in God. I sought the Lord. He heard. He answered, and that's why I trust him. What a great, uh, what a great proclamation we've been, had the privilege of being able to make um, today. Hey, uh, there's a lot of things going on in the life of our church. There's, there's a lot of moving parts. Night to Shine is right around the corner. We just told you about uh, Me Strong. Um, we have just lots of stuff happening. But we had something that's been happening that actually finished yesterday. And so it started back in November. Uh, we started Upward Basketball, and it has just been a blast. We've had a great season and uh, had an opportunity to have lots of people from our community uh, come in and be able to share the message of Jesus with them. You know, we kind of, we do basketball, but we share Jesus. That's our point. We want to be sure that everybody hears the message of the gospel in the midst of learning about basketball. So basketball is kind of our tool to share the message of Jesus. And so I know that all of you have not been able to be a part of all of our uh, Upward weeks of games and practices and everything, so we thought we would just give you a little taste of what Upward is all about. So we have a quick highlight video we want to share with you this morning. Wake up and breathe in deeper than yesterday.
1: Take on the morning like you're so-
2: Listen, y'all. We absolutely love upward. I know some of you saw some. I, I heard your, I heard you. I, you were like, "Oh, oh." The question is, did they make the shot? right? Um, no, we had a wonderful, wonderful season. I want to thank Wayne Gatney for uh, really kind of heading up uh, our upward season this year and really listen to all of our referees and coaches and concession stand workers and parents who got their kids to all those practices and games and it really was just a great season. So thank you so much for allowing us to do that. Church, you were a part of that. Even though you may not have been at those games, you may not have been one of those coaches, you may not have been one of those players or parents, but you're a part of that because you're Part of the church, and so we have the privilege of being able to minister to our community in that way. And I just want to thank you so much for being so generous and being willing to minister to our community in that way. Well, hey, we're going to jump right in this morning because we don't have a lot of time. But we have a lot of talk, a lot of uh, a lot of ground to cover. Uh, we've been answering a question over the last several weeks, and uh, I know that Pastor Rick gave you just a little bit of a of a precursor today. So the question is, what is the gospel? And we've been talking about this for several weeks. I think this is our fourth week that we've been talking. Talking about what is the gospel, and so today I want you to. Yes, he, he gave you a, he gave you a hint. There's a quiz. Are you ready? Here's your quiz. Y'all ready? We're gonna say it together. Some of you have already gotten a little bit of a tutorial. If this is your first time, don't worry; it'll be okay. All right, no grades. All right, here we go. Okay, one, on three. Ready? One, two, three. Jesus lived a perfect life. Died on the cross for my sin and rose again. You know what? I think y'all are starting to get it. I think you're starting to get it. That is great. The message of the gospel is a powerful message, and it makes a difference in our lives. Now, with that said, knowing that message without the blanks, knowing that message is a huge step, but it is not the final step. Because knowing that message up here in our head, in our brain cells, if we can quote that, that's great. But there are about 18 inches between our head and our heart. And we need to get that message not just up here, but in here. We need to not just know that message, we need to believe it. And so some people spend a lifetime of getting that message from I know it to I believe it. And so this morning, I want us to talk about how do we get from knowledge to belief? How do we get from knowing to trusting? And we're, to do that, we're gonna look at, a, at a, a really odd story from the Old Testament. It is in 2 Kings chapter five. 2 Kings chapter five. You can go ahead and turn with me to 2 Kings chapter five. A, a, it's a great message, and I'm going to tell you, as I read through this, some of you are going to think, where is he going with this? How does this have anything to do with the message of the gospel? There's a great principal lesson here that we can learn and apply to our lives. 2 Kings chapter 5. Let me read for us. Uh, we'll just kind of work our way through it. So, first of all, it says, Naaman commander of the army of the king of Assyria, was a great man with his master and in high favor, because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was a mighty man of valor, but he was a leper. Now, just so we understand each other, so we can kind of all be on the same page, uh, leprosy is still today a disease that exists in the world. But in Bible times, leprosy was not necessarily the specific disease that we call leprosy today. Leprosy was really almost any skin disease. Anything that that somebody could look at you and see that there's something wrong with your skin, they would call that leprosy. We don't know specifically what was wrong with Naaman. What we do know is everybody could see it. He could walk down the road, and everybody was like, well, we see that he has a problem. It, it might have been, a, it been a, a, an actual disease where there were sores and, and, and issues like that. It could have been, been something as simple as acne. But anything of the skin was seen as you're a leper. And because it was on the outside, everybody could see it. And also because it was on the outside, nobody wanted to get around it. They were scared that if they got close to somebody who had leprosy, then it might affect them. It might jump from that person to them. And so they were really fearful of anyone who had leprosy. Here we see Naaman, who is, it says, a great man of valor. He is powerful. He is mighty. He is strong. He is dangerous. He is a commander in the Syrian army, but he's a leper. And so that's a problem for him. It goes on, it says, Now the Syrians, on one of their raids, had carried off a little girl from the land of Israel. And she worked in the service of Naaman's wife. So she was in the household of Naaman and knew the problem. She said to her mistress, Would that my Lord were with the prophet who is in Samaria. He would cure him of his leprosy. Translation, if he could only go see Elisha, everything would be fine. If he could only go hang out with Elisha, then his leprosy would be cured and he would be healed and he would be made clean. So Naaman went in and told his lord, the king of Syria. Thus and so spoke the girl from the land of Israel. So he told him what the girl from Israel said. And the king of Syria said, all right, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. Naaman, you need to be cured this is a problem for you. I want you to be healed. I don't want you to have to avoid people. I don't want people to avoid you. You're really important in my kingdom, and if there's a way for you to be healed, go. Do it. Go hang out with the with the prophet from Israel. I will send a letter to the king of Israel because you can imagine Israel and Syria while they were kind of at a point of relative peace at this point in the Bible, When a commander of the army of Syria comes to Israel, there's going to be a lot of people that take a few steps back and go, oh, I don't know about this. But he says, I'll send a letter just so that everything will be okay. Last part of verse, uh, verse five. It says, "So he went, taking with him ten talents of silver, six thousand shekels of gold, and ten changes of clothing." Just an aside, one of the scholars that I read getting ready for this kind of equated all of that to modern day money. They said that basically Naaman went with somewhere about somewhere in the realm of one point two million dollars. He carried with that's how valuable it was for him to potentially be healed. He's like, I'm coming with gifts, $1.2 million in modern day times. He says, and he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which read, when this letter reaches you, know that I have sent to you Naaman, my servant, that you may cure him of his leprosy. Now, the king reacts really strongly. It says, when the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, am I God to kill and to make alive that this man sends word to me to cure a man of his leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. He is not happy about this situation. The king of Israel is, is going, uh, he's picking a fight. I can't heal him. Now, the interesting thing about that is the the uh, the." Naaman was never sent to the king of Israel. Naaman was sent to the prophet in Israel. Naaman was supposed to go to Elijah. He went to the king just to be sure that it was okay. But the letter really wasn't intended for the king of Israel. It was intended for Elisha. It goes on, it says, But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent to the king, saying, Why have you torn your clothes? Let him come now to me, that he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. Elisha gets word of the situation, says, Hey, king, calm down. Everything's going to be fine. Send Naaman to me, and something good is going to happen. And he's going to know that there's a prophet in Israel, and consequently, he's going to know that there's a God in Israel. It's a great thing that's going to happen here. So Naaman does exactly that. It says, So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a messenger to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. And your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. Really simple instructions. Hey, you want to be cleansed of your leprosy? Go to the Jordan River, dip yourself, wash yourself once, twice, three, four, five, six, seven times, and you'll be completely clean. Naaman is upset about this for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's upset because he doesn't want to do it. He thinks, why in the world would I go to the Jordan River? But more than that, and I hope you noticed it, Elisha didn't come out and see Naaman. He's a really important guy, but Elisha sent a messenger. said, listen, this is really simple. Don't you worry. It's going to be fine. Verse 11, it says, But Naaman was angry and went away saying, Behold, I thought he would surely come out to me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. He goes on to say, Are not Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Naaman is really frustrated by what has happened here. Naaman basically says, listen, I kind of expected Elisha, I mean, I I came, I had this 1.2 million dollars worth of goods, I came, and and everything was going to be fine, I was expecting to come to Elisha, and Elisha was going to come out of his house, and he was going to go, and pray to God, and all of a sudden my leprosy was going to be gone, I was going to like look at my skin, and everything was going to be fine, that's what was going to happen, and that's not what happened, he sent a messenger. And he told me that the instructions to get rid of my leprosy were to go and wash in the Jordan River. Now, some of you may know this, some of you may not. But the Jordan River is known as a really gross river. It is muddy, it is not clear. Some of you here in Florida, like when, when when we think about a river here in Florida, I mean a lot of rivers that we have are what? They are spring fed. And when you go to a spring fed river, you you see, I mean like you can you can be riding along on a boat and you can see way down. You know why? Because the water's clear, it's beautiful, and it's pristine. Not so with the Jordan. The Jordan was just full of ick. I I grew up in Mississippi, and and, uh, actually the church that I served before we came here was right on the Mississippi River. And I'll tell you, do you know what they call the Mississippi? The muddy Mississippi. You know why? Because if you looked out over that river at any point at any time, do you know what you saw? Brown. Nobody. We never had to chase people out of the Mississippi River. Because you could kind of look at it and go, that does not look good. I don't think that's going to be helpful for me. Not great for my skin. And so people would just kind of avoid that. The same was true with the Jordan. They were like, no, 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 no. So... He says, there's a couple of rivers back home. If you need me to dip in a river, I'm going back home to dip in the beautiful rivers of Abana or Farpar. I want to be in those places where everything is pristine and everything is beautiful and everything is clean. Surely, I have this skin disease. It's going to cure me if I go and wash in those rivers. And he gets angry. And he turns. And he leaves. Verse 13. But his servants came near and said to him, My father, it is a great word the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? It's almost like, this is simple. Why are you making such a big deal out of this? Has he really told you that if you go down to the river and you wash seven times, everything's going to be fine? Why not do it? You came all this way. You came to the prophet. You thought that it was going to be the thing. You see, at that moment, Naaman was, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but he didn't believe. I know, I know, I know, but he didn't trust. He had knowledge, and he he had this understanding from the girl that lived in Syria. He said, she told me that if I came to the prophet, everything would be fine. But but now that I'm here, I don't know that I'm going to take any action because I don't really believe. They came to him. They said, why don't you go try it? So he went down and dipped himself seven times in the Jordan according to the word of Of the man of God, and his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Now, I just have to illustrate this because I I just have this in my mind. Can you can you see? Can you just see Naaman walking to the to the bank of the Jordan River and going, "Oh man!" And his servants are back there going, "Come on, is he going to do it?" And he stands there and he kinda wades out, you know, maybe maybe knee or mid thigh deep and, and he just kinda dumps down and comes up and says, see? And they're like, he said seven times. Ugh. See seven times. Finally he gets to five. Six. This is so ridiculous. 7C, and they're like, We sure do. Master, look at your skin. Look at what has happened. Master, you've struggled with this all of your life. Master, you are clean. Can you imagine him? He'd be like, What has happened? You see, in that moment, his knowledge turned to trust. There's a whole lot more to the story. He actually goes back to Elijah and says, hey, listen, can I give you all this stuff that I brought? Elijah says, I don't want anything. It's not about me. It's about everything. That, it's about just doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to do this, and so here it is. I'm not, I'm not trying to get into all of that. So anyway, it's a great story. But i got to get to the point. Some of you are sitting there going, what in the world does that have to do with this? How does that fit with Jesus lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again? Died on the cross for my sins and rose again. How, what does that have to do with that? How, how can we connect these two? Well, let me just say, we are, listen, we are all Naaman. Let me say it this way. We may not have leprosy, but we all have a spiritual problem. We might be great people, but we have a spiritual problem. The Bible says it like this in Romans chapter 3, 23. It says, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. For all have sinned. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Of God. Just real quickly, if that for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, if that is if that concerns you, if that includes you, would you just raise your hand? Okay. If if you didn't raise your hand, then either A, you're asleep, B, you're tired, C, you're disobedient, or D you're lying, which means now it applies to you. Right? All. That's every single one of us. There's not a person. In the world, there's not a person that's ever been born that isn't included in for all have sinned and fallen short of the blood. We have a spiritual problem. Secondly, just like Naaman, the answer is simple. The answer is simple. Here's the answer. It says in Romans 10:13 it says, "For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved." That's simple. What? No, I, I gotta, I gotta do something. Let me go wash in the river or something. Mm-mm-mm. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Don't make it more complicated than God makes it. All it takes is calling on the name of the Lord. We have a spiritual problem. The answer is simple. And thirdly, the effect. Is profound. The effect is profound. When we call on the name of the Lord, when we realize that we have a spiritual problem, and when we ask Jesus to come into our heart and to be our Lord and to be our Savior, the effect is profound one of the greatest known uh, verses in the Bible. If you watch football this afternoon, I guarantee you will see somebody behind a an end zone holding a sign that says John 3, 16, because it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Oh, my goodness. You mean if I believe in him, I get eternal life? You see, the, the answer is simple. The solution is simple. Believe in him. Call on the name of the Lord. And I get eternal life. That is awesome. What a, what a gift. What a reward. We have the privilege of being able to see the profound effect that faith can have in our lives. I'm also reminded of this one in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And then I love this last part and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. He makes us holy and pure and righteous before him, not because of anything that we have done, but because of everything that he has done. He gives his life on the cross so that we can understand what it means to believe in Jesus and to have eternal life and to experience all that he is in us. I just want to say one final thing. You know, we talked a moment ago. Because you see, it's great to know all of that. Right now, we're all Naaman. We have all of that right in front of us. We have a spiritual problem. The answer is simple. The effect is profound. It's really simple. We're just like Naaman. We have a major issue. And the way that we take care of that issue is really simple. What are we going to do about it? What are we going to do about it? See, knowledge is good. But there's 18 inches between the head and the heart. How are we going to, how are we going to, How are we going to traverse that path? How are we going to take it from our head and put it in our heart? How is it going to be more than knowledge and actually be trust and belief? There's only one way to do it. Friends, faith is the path to salvation. It is about believing. It is about having faith. And sometimes, just being straight with you, sometimes faith doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense for Naaman to go down there and dip himself in the water of the Jordan seven times. It didn't make sense. But what happened? He was made clean. He was healed. It didn't make sense. But he had to have faith to put action to his trust, to his knowledge. He, he, he had this understanding that if I do this, I'm going to be made clean. But he didn't want to because he was, he was like, well, it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't have to make sense faith is the path to salvation. So real simply, have you put your faith in Jesus? If you haven't, maybe it's today. Maybe you're here for this very purpose. To get past the the doubts that you have. Listen, I can't there's a thousand doubts. I can't answer all of them. But I promise you, <laughs> do you think Naaman had doubts on the, between the sixth and seventh time he dipped in the Jordan? I think he did. I think he went down six times and was like, I can't believe that I have been so ridiculous and this is, this is making no difference. Do you think he had any doubts? Yeah. Does your doubt matter when you're made clean? It's not about you doubting. It's about the truth of God's word. It's about knowing that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sins and your sins and rose again. That is a fact of history. It is a truth of God's word, and it is effectual. And I can just tell you it is in my life. So if you've never trusted Jesus as your Savior, why not let it be today? Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for all that you do in our lives. Thank you for the privilege of being together. Thank you, God, for the way that you speak to us. And God, I just pray in these next few moments as we continue to worship that you will have your way in us let us trust you. Let us see your work in our life. We love you. As you continue to pray, just want to give you an opportunity to respond today. Maybe you came because a friend invited you. Man, I'm so glad you're here. This might be your very first time to be a part of our church. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Or maybe you're here every single week. But today you've realized that your understanding of the gospel is all wrapped up in your head. You've never made the path, the trip to your heart. If you've never given your life to Jesus, maybe it's today. I'd love to lead you in a simple word of prayer that allows you to ask Jesus into your heart. Really simple. Listen, I'm not going to call your name. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to ask you to do anything more. This is just between you and God. But if today, right in this moment, if you would like to make that step of moving from knowing to believing, moving from knowledge to faith, if you want to ask Jesus to come into your life, to come into your heart, if you want to, like we talked a moment ago, call on the name of the Lord. I'd love to lead you in a simple word of prayer. If you want to do that today, would you just simply slip your hand up in the air? Just want to pray for you and pray with you. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right now. Awesome. Anyone else? Yes. Amen. Anyone else? Awesome. Yes. Anybody else? I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to do it right now. Don't wait. This is your time. So many hands up. That's What what an awesome thing to see. I just want to pray with you and pray for you. Hey, if you raised your hand or maybe if you didn't for whatever reason, I just want to leave you in a simple word of prayer. In In our church, we don't believe anybody should ever pray alone. So we're all just going to pray right along with you. Everybody in the room, would you just repeat after me? Dear Jesus, I come to you as sinner. I believe in you. I trust in you. And I want to ask you, To come into my life, to come into my heart, to be my Savior, to forgive me of my sins, and to help me to live for you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Help me now to live for you from this point on. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Church, all over this room, people just pray to receive Christ as their Lord and Savior. Isn't that awesome? What a fabulous, fabulous thing. Hey, listen, if you were one of those who raised your hand, that is a great first step. A second step at the end of our time together would be to come down and to share with one of our pastors what you've done. Listen, you can say these words, I prayed that prayer. And we'll just help you to take your next step and to help and and answer any questions that you might have about the decision that you've made. What an awesome thing to see God moving in a room like this. Hey, as we close our time together, we want to sing one more song that really just talks about the power that faith can have in our lives. So let's stand together and let's sing about the faith that we have in God.
0: believe it, yes, I will believe it. You make mountains
1: move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake